When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome into another episode of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show here on our YouTube channel. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to our channel for free. We are quickly approaching 23,000 subs, so appreciate everybody that has subscribed to the channel so far. But obviously we want to meet that next goal and get to the 23,000. So make sure to like this video and subscribe if you haven't already done so. Alongside me is my co-host, Zach Libby. Zach, how's it going? It's going good. It's good to have college football back. That was a nice win over the weekend. I did not see any college football games. (laughs) I was traveling along uh, the East Coast, so I made my way to several high school games, including on Saturday, uh, I had a big one, Bergen uh, Catholic, and I own a prep, which we'll talk a little bit about later in this show. And Zach, you actually purchased Peacock and watched the Michigan game, right? I had Peacock. I had originally had Peacock to watch like old school professional wrestling, like pay-per-views. It just so happened that I could watch Michigan without hassle. Like I already had it, so I didn't have to resubscribe, you know, the night before. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Um, well, I do not have Peacock. I don't know. Uh, as Jim Harbaugh said, I don't know how to work the Peacock. Uh, I have the other streaming services, but that one's never interested me. I, I do know they released like a new, a Brave New World um, series, but it looked like it flopped. I was interested. And once I saw the ratings were bad, I was like, I don't have any reason to subscribe to Peacock, but maybe... I do now. Who knows? Um, But we are in the trenches on the recruiting trail. Uh, Like I said, I was at a game Saturday. I'll be at a game Saturday like every week this season, so I'm not even sure how much college football I'll get to see. But I know Peacock got uh, bad reviews, so hopefully Michigan's no longer on Peacock the rest of the season. Are they on Peacock, Zach, the rest of the season? Well, I know it's NBC, but anyone can get that, right? I don't know. Yeah, anyone can get it. You don't have to use Peacock for the other games, obviously. No, no. Okay, let's talk about recruiting and uh, not about uh, not about Peacock. 
for some reason, um, for some reason, I cannot um, display the comments. I have no clue what's going on. So hopefully, um, hopefully our producer Megan can can do that for now. I'm not sure what's going on with that access, but let's go ahead and talk about our first topic. Um, and that is the Smith twins. And as we mentioned, Zach, this one uh, has been kind of strange throughout the entire process. Michigan has, or Michigan apparently received uh, confirmation from the Smith twins that they were locked in. That was reported elsewhere. It was brought over to our message board over on the Ford at the Wolverine. And I kind of laid it out and said, look, guys, I don't really believe them. <laughs> I don't think it's reaffirmed. I think they'll visit Kentucky again. That's not to say the Smith twins won't end up in the class, but this one is far from over. Obviously they visited Kentucky twice in July. They're back again for Kentucky's home opener. Kentucky's DC Mark Stoops was actually at their uh, season opener for Corbin on Friday night. So there are still a lot of moving parts going on in this recruitment. Uh, Zach, what's kind of your immediate takeaway from seeing the Smith twins head back to Kentucky for a third time? And by the way, during that time period, they have not visited Michigan. I think there's two takeaways, like quick takeaways and glaring takeaways. The fact that Michigan might lose out on Another well, two commits at this point, right? Because they already lost out on another top target this cycle into Ryan Nichols uh, three months ago, and now are battling again with the Wildcats. Who, you know, I know Vince Merrow has done a great job in Lex in this cycle with guys who Michigan has either targeted, have committed at this point. But yeah, I think the 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 most glaring is that, and then also Michigan's edge development. You can't lose guys like that, guys who have shown this season that they are going to rack up statistics. I think combined, Gerard and Jacob through two games have totaled I think thirty five tackles, over thirty. Gerard on Friday had three sacks, and three of them were stripped too. So these are guys who are relentless off the line. Um, they have great personalities. I think we both talked to them. Um, they've shown that they've, when they committed, they wanted the right development in order to reach their goal of re- going to the NFL. But, you know, specifically too, you can't just lose guys like that, especially after losing Elias Rudolph. You know, you you lose another edge rusher who you wanted for, quite some time um, who's also in that area of that Ohio Valley. Um, it's, it's just too, it's very, very important that Michigan gets them up for an, a, both Jacob and Gerard for a game, whether or not it's Ohio state, whether or not it's Bowling green in two, in, in less than two weeks when this self-imposed recruiting ban is lifted or another game, Purdue is going to be a night game. Indiana is going to be an after is going to be a big one on national TV. There's just opportunities to get them on campus. I know NIL for Kentucky is going to is huge. They have a really good NIL packages and they've used that round to get commits. But again, for guys who 
are playing in a position that Michigan has really, really developed well and has seen quite a bit of success. It's just, you know, you, you can't lose out on schools like to schools like that. Yeah, I, man, it's, it's a tough one here. My takeaway is obviously the Kentucky threat isn't gone, right? You know, there's a reason they visited Kentucky three times over the last three months. I know they've had positive conversations with Michigan. Uh, I know they've told Michigan or at least indicated to Michigan that they're happy with their pledge. But I think Kentucky can offer two things. One, NIL, um, which Michigan can offer in terms of, you know, anything up front or anything like that. I mean, they can, but they choose not to, obviously. Uh, Whereas Kentucky has been able to play the NIL game in the past. But two, more importantly, I think, which is past NIL, because at the end of the day, I don't think Kentucky's an NIL heavy hitter. I think they've been involved in NIL. But I think the biggest thing with the Smith twins is they are very close and they are both very family oriented. And moving back to Kentucky and just being back at home, I think that's given Kentucky the inside track to keep them you know, uh, to keep them at home. And and I think that's what their main message is, aside from the NIL um, that people are kind of pointing out to is, hey, stay at your back at home. Why leave home when you just got here? Uh, Play for Kentucky, be around your family, et cetera. Be around your friends, play in front of your extended family. So I think Kentucky is really pitching them hard on you know, staying home now that they've moved back to Kentucky. I think a lot of people don't realize that Gerard and Jacob um, are originally from Kentucky. They did play in Connecticut the past few seasons at boarding schools, but they, um, they're from Kentucky. Uh, I believe their mother is originally from Kentucky as well. So they have a lot of family there, a lot of ties to the state of Kentucky. And I think the Wildcats have just gone full court press. Um, I think Michigan ideally obviously wants to keep them committed. Uh, We're both, you know, pretty high on Gerard and Jacob. These are two guys that Mike Elston really, really liked. And Mike Elston, you know, has a track record at being a really good evaluator. I've seen the Smith twins live on multiple occasions. I thought Gerard was extremely impressive at the Under Armour camp in New Jersey. I thought Jacob was extremely impressive at the uh, Connecticut showcases during the spring. So, you know, I'm a big fan of both. I would definitely love to see both stay in the class, especially since both have been uh, really good to me from a recording standpoint as well. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I do think their commitment is in danger. I think the sooner they make a decision you know, the better for Michigan because it gives them more time to go out and find alternative options. The longer this process draws out, if we get closer to signing day, you know, the less opportunity Michigan has to find uh, those alternative options to sign. So uh, if, if the Smith twins are going to really reaffirm their decision and by reaffirming your decision, if I'm Michigan, I'm saying, hey, if you're telling me you're staying in the class, that means no more visits to Kentucky, you know, or tell me that you're leaving the class. I think at some point you kind of have to have a little bit of an ultimatum. You can't play these games. Well, 
they indicated that they reaffirmed or they, they might be still committed. I think you need a solid answer at some point later this fall so you can start making other plans. Um, so, so we'll see how it turns out. Zach, if you had to call your shot today, which is September 5th, still a couple months from signing day, do you think the Smith twins will stay in the class? I can't really form that opinion unless they visit, because if they don't, then it kind of, kind of reaffirms everything, right? Yes, reaffirm the popular word. Yeah, no, I, I mean, right now, if I had to call my shot, um, I would say they flip to Kentucky, but I do think if, like you said, Zach, if they get them back on camp, it really depends if they visit Michigan again, because Michigan's able to get them back on campus for a game and iron things out, then, you know, there, there's a chance that they actually reaffirm their commitments. But right now, if I had to make a pick, it would be Kentucky. And I actually changed my pick to Kentucky um, a few weeks ago. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, our next topic is Bryce Underwood, five-star quarterback uh, from Belleville, Michigan. It feels like we talk about Bryce Underwood every week on the show, but Zach, you had a chance to spend some time with him at the Tom Lemming showcase um, this weekend and also had a chance to catch up with his quarterback trainer, Donovan Dooley. What's the latest on Bryce Underwood? So, yeah, January 6th. Uh, a date that we're all very, you know, a date that's very intertwined with Bryce Underwood because that's going to be his tentative commitment date. It's still ongoing. It's still going to happen. Um, the one big thing about that commitment that was very um, eye-opening when being down there was the fact that there's kind of two feelings about having a January 6th commitment. Um, it will calm things down. Um, can't imagine the chaos that ensues with a recruitment of the number one player in the country and the number one quarterback in the country. Um, but it also kind of won't, right? Like for a player of his generational status, um, the commitment won't stop other schools who miss out from staying in contact or making an effort to win out by next December. Um, you rarely do see, though, quarterbacks making a flip. Obviously, they're special cases, but I think that's the one thing that's, you know, has, you know, to an advantage of someone who wins out for Bryce, uh, whether it be Michigan, whether it be LSU, whether it be someone else. Um, they are going to keep keeping keeping track of what's happening this fall and, you know, at the end of the season, uh, coaching carousels, that was a big one. See who stays on staff, see who doesn't how quarterback rooms look like once spring camp and fall camp next year look like, as well as when he, when Underwood finally enrolls to a school, they're going to be looking at that. But yeah, with Michigan too, I think the consensus is still that Kirk Campbell has done a phenomenal job. Um, I think we've honed it in several times on this show. Campbell has brought Michigan to a level that probably would have never have seen had he not been promoted. Um, you know, he did visit twice, but the the effort that Campbell has shown as soon as he got that promotion has made a great difference in how Michigan is perceived um, at least six times um, going back to March has Underwood visited um, Campbell himself, uh, his quarterback trainer, Donovan Dooley. He mentioned us in an interview that he's an animal, um, the relentless drive to sh to 
have his message be bought in the locker room in the quarterback room itself was notice is noticeable. Um, Campbell's insistence that everyone involved in this recruitment. So everyone that's supported and, you know, Bryce's loved ones, they're being recruited to Michigan too. That's a big deal for Underwood considering that his family means everything to him. And um, Campbell is making that strides to, make them as big of a deal as Bryce. So, yeah, I know he's mentioned to us that he's going to visit for a game, just don't know which one yet. Um, You know, he's told us before that there's a few things he's going to monitor on the field, like how J.J. McCarthy performs and um, how the offense is balanced and, you know, their passing attacks. So he's also told us he's going to visit LSU this fall and see that game day atmosphere in Baton Rouge. So, yeah, there's four more months, I uh to tomorrow for Michigan to keep its foot on the gas pedal, keep pushing the off the field aspects, keep pushing how he can be the focal point of the offense um, once he develops and everything. So it's just, you know, it, it's going to come fast, but Michigan can't relax. I feel like that's sort of the takeaway. Yeah. My opinion on Underwood still the same. I still think it's Michigan LSU at the top. I mean, if LSU, doesn't have success on the field. Maybe that helps Michigan. Obviously, they lost to Florida State over the weekend. I think the more Michigan has success on the field, the more J.J. McCarthy has success. I think the more it'll open Underwood's eyes. Now, I don't think Underwood or many, if any, recruits were really able to see much of the game on Peacock aside from just the uh, the highlights of the game. But I think the more J.J. does well uh, against Big Ten competition, the more Underwood will definitely uh, be attracted to the offense. So uh, a lot will depend on how the two teams fare this season. A lot will depend on the visits uh, throughout the fall. And a lot will probably depend on NIL at the end. So we'll see if Michigan is finally able to figure out that aspect as well. Remember, guys, uh, today is not the question show. That is tomorrow. Uh, I will be back for a Q&A. But if you do want a question answered tonight or you just want to show some love, uh, make sure to hit that super chat button. That is the little box with the dollar sign. That money goes directly to our travel budget so we can see recruits across the country, which we did this past weekend. So if you want us to keep seeing Michigan recruits, posting highlights on YouTube, giving reports over on the Wolverine.com, make sure to hit that super chat button. Um, But before we dive into our notes from the recruiting trail, we do have a message from one of our great sponsors, Lewis Jewelers. Jewelers has been serving the Ann Arbor and Detroit communities since 1921. Lewis Jewelers' reputation and continued success stems from their belief that a successful jewelry store is built on integrity, quality customer service, and quality products. Lewis Jewelers is a proud partner of Michigan Athletics to ensure every client that walks through their doors or peruses their virtual store is taken care of. They have a non-commissioned trusted advisor team that's always ready to provide professional experience, advice, and expertise. No pressure, no commission. Located in the bustling city limits of Ann Arbor, Michigan, Lewis Jewelers proudly serves 
the Ann Arbor and surrounding southeastern Michigan communities by providing an exquisite selection of fine jewelry as well as excellent customer service to its residents and visitors. Visit them at their new location, 300 South Maple Road in Ann Arbor. And if you're out of state like me, you can head over to lewisjewelers.com and uh, get any jewelry you need for your significant other. Um, you can get that cool gold dog tag for yourself. Whatever you want, Lewis Jewelers is your place to go for jewelry. Uh, they are wild for the Wolverines. All right. Um, let's go. It looks like uh, Zach, you need to head over to Lewis, Jeweler, Je Lewis Jewelers. Um, you know, it, it looks like Zach's rocking some sort of earring or something, you know. Oh, so, you noticed. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of you can kind of tell. I didn't know if they were AirPods or not, but then, uh, you know, um, yeah, look at that. Double hoop. Um, very 90s of me. No, you need to upgrade and go to Lewis Jewelers and get yourself some diamonds, man. That's that's where it's at. So Zach will be heading to Lewis Jewelers after getting clowned for his uh, 3LW style earrings from the 90s. But <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go ahead and talk about our time on the recruiting trail. Zach, you made your way to Cleveland, Ohio, where... By the way, the commenters did inform you. Um, I don't know if you read the YouTube comments, but somebody did leave a comment and they said there is Skyline Chili in uh, Northeast Ohio. So were you able to locate that? It's not part of that culture of Northeast Ohio. <laughs> like, Northeast Ohio is more like sheets and... Waffle sheets? House. That's what you classify yeah. Northeast Ohio. Yeah, that's sheets. like where Sheets is. <laughs> Southwest Ohio is like, you know, <laughs> Waffle not Waffle House, uh, Skyline, and then Central Ohio is Raising Canes. Like, that's sort of how I depict the three. Raising Canes for Ohio? I would not have, uh, would not have guessed that, uh, being from the South myself. But, um, you will be going to get Skyline Chili this weekend, obviously, since you're going to Cincinnati. Oh, well, that's 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 another uh, show for another day. Let's focus in on your trip to Cleveland, Ohio, where you were able to see a battle of the states uh, between St. Ignatius and Pittsburgh Central Catholic, which featured on 300 Michigan linebacker commit Cole Sullivan, who seemed to really impress you. He had one of the best evaluations that I've ever done since doing this you know this job um eight total tackles three quarterback hurries um was a big key in how central catholic recovered a fumble in special teams uh two-point conversion while lining up as a tight end uh slot receiver sorry and then had a touchdown call back when he lined up as h back um he is a vicious tackler um he's very He's perfected. I've wrote this in my observations. Like he has perfected the ability to hit through a target, um, which really doesn't coincide with how he is off the field. Um, you talk to him and super humble, very genuine. Um, thank me at least three times for coming out to his game. Um, you ask anybody from his family to teammates to coaches, and he's sort of that quintessential leader by example. Um I think he's someone that would fit great as just a culture piece for Michigan. Uh, he spoke way in depth about 
his excitement to work with Kurt Campbell. I mean, not Kurt Campbell. I'm sorry, Ben Herbert, who is a fellow Pittsburgh native in the weight room. Um, he talked extensively, extensively about linebackers coach Chris Partridge. Um, he obviously won't be able to enroll early, but he's going to start training um, as soon as the season is over. But yeah, in terms of how he looked, um, he was elite sideline to sideline, um, excellent vision, great awareness when the ball is snapped, uh, the speed to cover each sideline and also make tackles um, when, when he's on the opposite end of when the play is going um, downhill tackler too, uh, great when shedding blocks, using his fluidity, his frame to, um, you know, get underneath offensive linemen, um, great bend, especially from the lower half. He, his father told me he was weighing in at 208 pounds to at the morning of the game. And he started at will and, um, you know, was physical at the point of attack and didn't look like he was out uh, muscled at all. Um, he has a great frame in terms of his, um, how he looks. I think he's leaner to the point where he could probably gain at least 20 pounds under Michigan strength and conditioning program. Um, I think there's a lot of flexibility too, of where he could play in college. Uh, I know he played a lot of will uh, in Friday's game, but he, there's a possibility he could line up as a Mike depending if he gains weight. Um, there's also a possibility he could come down as an edge. He does have experience in that position um, in a two-point stance coming off the strong side, but he's still raw as a you know true pass rusher. So there's a lot of work being done with hand placements, how to use his hands to control a blocker, um, how to get underneath and over a blocker. So um, – if, if there's any position that where he could slide in right now, it would be Will in college. But again, he still has a lot of room to grow. So it'd be exciting to see where he gets. But yeah, I think coming away, I think, you know, we were talking about this that day. But yeah, I think based on what we saw, I saw and what we both seen from film, he could end up being one of the best defensive commits to come out of this class. Um, and that's not a hot take. I think that's very, very realistic. Yeah, we talked about it on your drive back from Ohio that uh, or even on the way there, I told you I was getting on the Cole Sullivan bandwagon. And, you know, after seeing some of your clips and just kind of thinking about things and talking it over with you, I mean, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if Cole Sullivan is the uh, best defensive player in the class. Uh, he offers a, a really good combo of a high uh, a high floor and a high ceiling you know some of these guys have a ton of upside like Jaden Smith and Devin Baxter but not necessarily um, the floor and I think Cole Sullivan um, can offer that and he's kind of ready to go from a, a build standpoint as well I mean he's a really impressive looking kid he has the frame to add a lot of weight which is still a little bit of a concern for me when it comes to like Mason Curtis and Jaden Smith. I, I think he's the best of the three defensive athletes. And overall, you know, just a, a really big win for Michigan, taking Notre Dame to the uh, woodshed in that one earlier in the process. And speaking of taking Notre Dame to the woodshed, the Wolverines uh, basically flipped Owen Waple earlier this cycle from the Irish. And uh, I had a chance to see him at his scrimmage over the weekend. Uh, the prep schools in the Northeast start later. So football starts later. 
uh, for those programs. And that's why I saw a scrimmage. I saw a lot of people tweeting at me. Is that a scrimmage? Is that a scrimmage? Yeah, they go really late in the Northeast. So um, at least prep schools do. Some of the regular high schools were obviously playing and, and I had a chance to go to real games during the weekend. But Wayful um, was taking part in the scrimmage. And man, the first series, they did a run hole. And the first series was just a dominant performance from him. He's listed at 6'2", 267, but he's much closer to 290 already. Um, he plays with violent hands. He has a great first step. He's extremely quick. Um, he's probably a little shorter than that 6'2 listing, probably 6'1 half, but he's pretty long. Um, I would liken him to Mason Graham, like a shorter, longer Mason Graham, but same type of concept here. When you look at Owen Wafel, he doesn't have the NFL measurables. He's a three-star prospect right now heading into his senior season, but I think he has a chance to be one of the plug-and-play guys of the cycle. It wouldn't be surprising to me if Owen Wafel plays early at Michigan. I really think he has a chance to slide into that Mason Graham role and be a really successful three technique at Michigan. There's a reason Mike Elston went all in on flipping him from Notre Dame. And obviously he successfully completed the flip. I think he's one of the more forgotten members of the 2024 recruiting class. I think he's a guy that a lot of people should be more excited about. I think he could have a Mason Graham type of rise in the rankings, depending on what he puts on senior film. But uh, after the first series, unfortunately, Wafel suffered a minor injury and was out of the scrimmage for the rest of the day. So didn't get to see much more. So a little bit of an incomplete evaluation. But from the little I did see live, I really liked. I plan on uh, going back to see him in a real game in October. Uh, before we uh, talk about some of the underclassmen we saw on the recruiting trail, I do want to invite you guys to subscribe to the Wolverine.com today. Just $74.99 for the year. That's 25% off an annual subscription to the Wolverine.com. That is for new members only. Come and check us out. Get premium recruiting information, team information, basketball, basketball recruiting, NIL transfer portal, and so much more. Plus, you get to be part of a great message board community over on the port with more than 8,000 unique individual users. So that's $74.99 for an annual subscription, or you can pay $1 for a monthly subscription. If you like what you see on the YouTube channel, if you like what you hear on the podcast, then make sure to head over to thewolverine.com. Give us a try today and subscribe. And also remember to like this video and subscribe. And we are running out of time. And like I said earlier, if you want a question answered tonight or you just want to show some love, click that donate button. It's a little box with the money sign that goes directly to our travel budget so we can keep seeing recruits across the country. All right, Zach, you got to see a key underclassman target this week on 300 offensive lineman Avery Gack out of Birmingham Groves uh, in the great state of Michigan. Uh, tell us the latest on him. Yeah, so if we're going to consider – Underwood as 1A of priorities in state of the 2025 class. Avery Gash is 1B um, or in that mix. He, in his game on Thursday, he looked really, really athletic for a kid who's six foot five, 265 pounds. And when I saw him, he looked bigger than that. He has all the 
traits and the technique that you want to see out of a junior offensive lineman. Uh, great hand placement, good punch, um, you know, quick at the point of attack, has the has the movement to keep finishing blocks and drive when he's when he's blocking. Uh, there was a lot of plays where he was asked to get to the second level um, and he did really well. Um, when he played West Bloomfield, he West Bloomfield, keep in mind, has a really, really good front seven. And it starts with Brandon Davis Swain, the Colorado commit. And it was cool to see, you know, two guys who are going to be power five commit power five guys, you know, lock horns, um, just an aggressive kid um, loves, you know, that that contact in the trenches. Um and that's why Sheryl Morris placed him as a must-land target. Um, he visited for the barbecue in late July, actually did a workout with Moore alongside the other 2024 commits like Blake Frazier out of Texas or Luke Hamilton from Greater Cleveland. Um, you know, Gash got to meet them, ask some questions, sort of learn the insight from a commit's perspective. And ever since the spring – when Gak returned from his October visit, um, he's been to Ann Arbor four, four times, but this year he's really gotten in close with Sharon Moore. And I think Sharon Moore is really showing the family why Michigan wants him to stay home. And at the barbecue, the family also did a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Jim Harbaugh and that was big for them, but yeah, he was supposed to go for the ECU game. So they are looking at future dates, um, you know, in terms of availability and whatnot. But big thing for him, for Avery, um, he told us this earlier this week, was to see how the offensive line gelled um, as a unit. Um, he was mentioning that a lot of the guys are seniors or upperclassmen, so they have a chance to get drafted or at least boost their stocks. So he's interested to see how they take that next level to get a third potential uh, or consecutive Joe Moore award. Um, but yeah, in terms of how he is, you know, Michigan state, he's a legacy there. Ohio state is pushing for him as well. He's picked up quite a few sec offers, but he's one that, you know, a lot of talk is on Bryce Underwood, but for good reason, but yeah, Avery Grash deserves to be in that conversation of guys who Michigan must keep home. Um, you know, you don't want to lose out a kid with his potential, um, to an out of state school, especially, or quite frankly, to Michigan State or Ohio State. So, yeah, he's going to return. No commitment date or anything set up yet. Probably not even close right now, but Michigan's still going to be in the mix, and they're going to keep fighting. So I had a chance to see eight underclassmen targets during my swing through the Northeast. Won't talk about all of them, especially since we're low on time, but I will highlight the uh, two guys that stuck out to me the most out of the eight, uh, one was Quincy Porter, man. Uh, top 100 wide receiver out of Bergen Catholic. For some reason, on three has enlisted as an athlete. I'm not really sure why, um, but he is a wide receiver all the way. Six foot three, 190 pounds, scored four touchdowns in his game on Saturday against quality competition, against Iona Prep, which is one of the better uh, prep teams up in the Northeast and Porter completely dominated. Look, I'm usually a sucker for big wide receivers. I think that's one of my faults when it comes to evaluating guys. I see big wide receivers and I'm like, love that kid. Uh, but with Porter, I mean, it's more than just 
him being tall and athletic. I mean, he's a guy that runs routes really, really well. He has great speed for his side. He caught a couple of, of those touchdowns, uh, just kind of up the hash and then just put on the burners and out raced everybody. So I think Porter is not just a big target for a red zone mismatch. He's a dynamic playmaker when you're looking for a guy that could be Braylon Edwards-esque, which Michigan really hasn't had in a while, that's Quincy Porter. I told Zach that I thought Quincy Porter was a better version of Elijah Moore, who spurned Michigan this recruiting cycle. And, you know, if you follow the Wolverine, you know how much I loved Elijah Moore as a recruit. So Quincy Porter, I think, is an elite, elite-level talent after seeing him in-game. He plays um, at a powerhouse program uh, against top competition nationally. And I think it's either this week or it's coming up, um, but I, I believe that uh, he will be um, heading down to play some quality competition down in South Florida. Do they play Chaminade? Like, I, I really would be curious to see um, if they if they play against Chris Ewald. But anyway, uh, point being that Quincy Porter is a top priority and a big, uh, yeah, they play Chaminade this weekend. So in, I wish in Hollywood, right? Like, in yeah, Hollywood. man, I, I wish I could go to that game. Uh, I should have planned out my schedule better. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, they, he goes up against Chris Ewald. So I, I'm assuming that's an ESPN game. Um, if it is, or even if it isn't, I'm sure there's a stream. But if you are at home on Friday night and you want to see some high school football, Turn on Bergen Catholic versus Miami Shamanad Madonna. That's a top 10 matchup nationally, and you'll get to see Quincy Porter against Chris Ewald, which will be really interesting because we both love Chris Ewald. We think he's, you know, uh -huh. uh, the bomb. I mean, he's Chris Ewald. But Chris Ewald is a little bit on the shorter end uh, at about 5'11". Quincy Porter, I think he's actually underlisted at 6'3". He might be 6'4". Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how Chris Ewald does against a uh, bigger, taller wide receiver. You know, if they put him one on one in an island or, you know, something of, of that nature. So we'll see uh, how Porter does against Ewald. But uh, I thought he was dominant and I was really impressed with Quincy Porter. From a Michigan perspective, you see the Wolverines are right behind Rutgers on the on three recruiting prediction machine. Uh, I don't think Rutgers has the edge here, but that is what the RPM says. I do think Michigan has as good of a shot as anybody. Porter was pretty, pretty quiet about his recruitment, but he did enjoy his visit for the barbecue at the big house in late July. Um, the second recruit I will highlight is also a top 100 recruit, and that is Kamar Archie out of uh, Princeton Hunt School, same school as Owen Wafel. Uh, man, when I watched Archie, the guy that came to mind right away was Aaron Childs. And, uh, you know, that's two good council comparisons and two comparisons the guys in Michigan missed on this cycle. But saying that is important because Michigan still needs a big-bodied wide receiver after missing out on more, and obviously that's why Porter's a big priority. And Michigan still needs a linebacker like Aaron Childs after losing him to Florida earlier this cycle. And Archie is that guy in the 2025 recruiting class. Six foot one, 230 pounds. The dude is an absolute tank. He's ranked as the number seven linebacker and number 70 overall prospect nationally. 
these other services have it completely wrong. Look at 24-7's terrible ranking of Kamar Archie. This dude's a top 100 guy all the way. Um, he started at running back and made a ton of plays there. He's super athletic uh, as an inside backer. He can absolutely lay the wood. Archie just has a ton of juice to his game, man. And uh, Michigan is making him a top priority. Chris Partridge has been in contact on a weekly basis since August 1st. And area recruiter Grant Newsom is heavily involved as well. And you can bet the Wolverines are getting an assist from uh, defensive line committed teammate Owen Wafel. Archie is kind of like Child's personality-wise, too. They were eerily similar. Um, also in the sense of how they're handling their recruitments, because like Child's, Archie has made almost no visits early on. Um, so it's really hard to label favorites. Penn State is the favorite on the on-three recruiting prediction machine with a 49% chance of landing him. Uh, and that's because he's been to Penn State. It's close to, to where he's at right now. So naturally, they have the lead on the RPM. But Archie really hasn't gone to many places. Michigan is on the docket. He told me he is planning to make his first unofficial visit, potentially for that game against Ohio State. So we'll see if that pans out. But uh, either way, Michigan is doing everything it can to get him on campus and become a true contender here. If you actually remember the Childs recruitment, Childs didn't visit Michigan for a game. They didn't get him up for the first time until the spring. So that could be the same case with Archie. Um, obviously, the Wolverines are hoping for a better result with Archie. Um, and that is something that they are going to work towards. Like I said, Partridge Newsom doing everything they can with some help from Wayful. But man, he is uh, he's an absolute beast as an inside backer and the perfect uh, fit for Michigan's defensive scheme. So that wraps up our show tonight, guys. Uh, like I said, make sure to like this video. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Get us to uh, the next step on our subscriber goal, 23,000 subscribers subscribe to the wolverine.com if you want premium recruiting information uh that's 74.99 for a year or one dollar for one month zach will be back next week and i will be back tomorrow here on the youtube show for our q a so make sure to come in and get your questions i will answer all of them